We praise you this morning. You are God. You made all things. You stand over all things. You're good and your love endures forever. We're here for you this morning. We're here because you made it possible for us to be here. We're here because you made it possible for us to connect with the living God, to have forgiveness of sins and eternal life through Jesus. And so we want to stay in step with you. Would you reveal your word to us this morning in a way that would keep us in step with you? And not just in step with you, but doing the things that you would have us do for our community, for the world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat. We started in April a series on the book of Acts. Acts is is the story of the early church, the story of what happens after Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and the Spirit's poured out on these people that follow him and believe in him. And how is a church formed out of that? That's what we hear in the stories of Acts, and we've been going through some, and now we're in the last uh, few weeks of it, and in these last weeks, we're, we're looking at a story, one story over three weeks, and different parts of it, and so we're right in the middle. Last week, we talked about how uh, the church had, had Herod all of a sudden come on scene. He's the king appointed by Rome of this whole region of Judea, and as that king, he starts to persecute the, the church, it says. He starts to um, arrest some of the leaders of the early church, some of the apostles. And one of those leaders, James, he actually has executed. And when he saw that this pleased the, the Jewish leaders, the leaders that weren't following Jesus, there were Jewish leaders that were following Jesus too, but when he realized it pleased them, he had Peter, the main leader, arrested as well. And so uh, that's where we pick up is that Peter is arrested and what is going to happen and I lost my place, but that's all right. We'll get there quickly. Here we go. So, mm-hmm. they are very small and blurry. There. Verse 4, after arresting him, he put him in prison. That's after Herod arrested Peter. He put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison... But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals, and Peter did. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. 
When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. This is the reading of God's word. So, what I, I want to remind you, or maybe some of you weren't here uh, last week or weren't able to watch last week, but this is a big deal that Herod is involved. Herod has the Roman Empire behind him. He has all these resources. So when he takes interest in this and he starts arresting people and he starts executing people, it's, it's not easy. When I, when I read the Bible, I will tend to kind of know the ending, know that the church sur- didn't just survive, the church spread, the church outlasted the Roman Empire, all of that. And so, of course, Peter's going to win. If you're there at that time, this is just a little group of people. And Rome is this huge empire that has dominated wherever it goes, and that's what's going on. And so now that Peter's been arrested, this is not looking good for for the church. So Peter is in prison, verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him earnestly praying to God for him. So that word earnestly has an intensity to it. It's the same word that's used for how Jesus is praying the night before he dies in Gethsemane, and he's praying so intensely that his sweat is like drops of blood. So it's that kind of thing. It's this intensity, but it's also continually. The idea in this word earnestly is continually. They're praying, and they keep praying, and they keep praying. So that's what happened. So what happens as a result of that? Peter is sleeping in his cell. A light comes, comes in, an angel's there. An angel taps him, tells him to get up. The chains fall off Peter. Now remember, he is double chained. He is chained to two guards, and there's two more guards just outside the door. But the chains fall off. He says, you know, get your clothes on, get your sandals on, grab your cloak. We're leaving. They get past the guards, the next guards. They get to the, the locked door. It opens automatically And Peter goes on out, and after a block or so, the angel leaves. Now, having seen enough movies, I can kind of visualize this. You know, you see an Avenger movie or a Star Wars movie or something, of course the doors just open. Of course, you know, the force. I'm trying to figure out what it would be like to be in early church where you don't have, you haven't seen the movies. And you're hearing this story, and you're like, not to mention, this actually happened. Those are movies. This actually happened. So that's, that's what, what's going on. What does Peter do once the angel leaves him? Verse 11, then Peter came to himself because he thought, he thought this was just a vision. He didn't even realize this was really happening and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Peter was not very involved in this. He was sleeping. And when the angel told him to do things like get dressed, he got dressed. Walked this way, he walked that way. That's it. God is the one who did all of this. And Peter is acknowledging that. Verse 12, when this had dawned on him, when it had dawned on him, God has done this. God has rescued me. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, probably the one who wrote the gospel of Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. He went to the place where people were praying. That's what he did. And that's going to be an important thing I want to note uh, in terms of how are we going to apply this to us 
in a little bit. But when he gets there, it's comical. You know, he knocks on the door, servant girl, who is it? You know, it's Peter. That's his voice. Says it's Peter. She can't believe, she's so excited. She goes, she does, but then she just leaves him there. And then she goes and tells everybody, and they say, you know what, you're, you're crazy. It can't be Peter. He's in prison. Leave us alone so we can keep praying that God would rescue Peter. Right? And it's like what they're praying for is right at the door. It's happened, and I must be his angel. Like it's easier to believe that God does, isn't going to answer the prayer than that he is going to answer the prayer. And that's something I can really resonate with. That I'll say prayers and I'll pray earnestly, but I don't actually think something's going to happen. Or when it does happen, I kind of forget that prayers have been prayed. Or there's a, it's a coincidence, or it's just, you know, that was that really God. It's like easier to explain away that God answered a prayer than that he was involved. It's easier to forget what had been prayed in the while back because it looks a little differently than what we were expecting the answer to look like. And so we don't even give God... God the credit. Verse 16, but Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James, that's Jesus' brother, and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. So Peter, once he realized God has rescued me, he made a beeline to the place where they're praying, not because that's where he was going to stay, not because that's where he was going to hide, but to tell them, you've been praying, God has done this. Let me tell you about what God has done. And then he moved on. So I am, I am intrigued by the picture of, in verse 16, when it says, but Peter kept on knocking. Peter kept on knocking. He knocked the first time. They said, who is it? He said, Peter. Okay. And he's still out there. And he kept on knocking. Here's why I'm intrigued by that picture. Because in, in the Bible, a few different times, knocking is a picture of praying. So, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And the tense the Greek language, the tense is, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. It's a picture of pray and keep on praying. Peter kept on knocking. The church was earnestly praying for Peter. They kept on knocking. That is a pretty straightforward application of what comes out of this. Will the church... Keep on praying. Continually praying. Keep on praying. But that's not what Peter was doing right there. Why was he insistent? I want to get in there. It was because he wanted to share the answer of the prayers. He wanted to share, this is what God has done. Now, when, we, when it's tough, when we don't know where else to do, when we've tried other things, then we might pray and keep on praying. But are we just as earnest, just as eager when God's doing things, little things, big things, to say, I gotta tell somebody. I gotta tell the people who are praying. I gotta tell the people who I asked to reach out. I gotta tell them. 
Peter, he had to tell him. He had to tell him, this was God. This is what God has done. So, uh, for me, that is something I need to remember. I tend to forget. I, I, I did this last week. A week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, beginning week, I wrote down, like, here's the things. I, I just wrote them down, like, God, this and this and this and this, over two days. And I prayed over those things over three days. These are the things that are right before me. A couple days ago, I go back to those things. Because I'm feeling like, yeah, I better keep praying them because there's so many things. And what I realized as I went through is that half those things God had already answered. He had already brought me through. He had already addressed. But I had totally forgotten that. I was thinking about the other half that hadn't answered yet. I'm thinking about what God still hasn't done. And I'm forgetting like, oh, this happened. And, and similarly, at different times, I've had some of you pray for me in a season. Pray for specific things. I give three, four, five specific things. And I'll do that, and I will be really good about, like, hey, pray for me, because, you know, I've got a lot of anxiety in these things. I really need help, and so I, I don't trust my own prayers, but maybe your prayers will help. But I'm not as good, maybe 50% ratio, on actually reporting, like, this is what's happened. And if it wasn't for the fact that, oh, yeah, I should really let them know since they were praying what's happened, I would just move on to the next and think, like, see, there's still more that's not happening. But when I go to type the email to say, well, you prayed for this, this is where it's at now, I'm almost always like, oh, yeah, that's way better than the situation that I had before. I just forgot to actually respond. And if you are someone who's praying for me, and I just keep throwing out, please pray for this, please pray for this, please pray for this, but I never say, and by the way, this happened, and, this, and you made it through, and this was better, and, and it's not as encouraging to pray. Our faith does not get built up. Both are important to earnestly pray, to intensely pray, to continually pray, and to say, here's where I see God at work. So, with that, I want to share stories. You know, a few weeks ago, we had, in the prayer room, 50 hours, I think it was, no, 50 people, like 30 hours straight of prayer, or something like that. And within the next uh, week, week and a half, there are some specific things that I'm aware of. And so I want to stand up here and just share them, but I, they're not mine to share. And we live in a smaller town, and you, you got to be careful about some of the things. So today, I'm going to have someone else share something. About a, uh, sometime in May, Harold Moon uh, came to talk to me, and he said he wanted to thank the church for praying for him. And he really wanted to express that to the church. Um, but uh, he wasn't quite ready yet, and he wasn't quite sure how to do it. So this week, thinking about this, I contacted Harold and Marilyn, and I said, would you like to share this week? And so we sat in my office for a while, and we recorded some of their story and some of the ways God has answered prayer. And so we're going to watch some of the conversation, a few parts of that conversation, so that they can report on how God's answered prayer. So we'll do that now. Marilyn, can you talk about what happened uh, after you moved into town? What happened with, with Harold after you had moved from the acreage into town? 
Well, we were enjoying the city and getting accustomed to being in town, and then one morning he was sitting in his chair, and all of a sudden I looked over and I thought, well, he's not just napping, there's something more going on. And I hollered at him, he did not answer, and so I immediately, I had my cell phone, I called 911, and rescue was there in a matter of minutes. Police arrived, and he, they could not get a pulse, and decided he'd had a severe heart attack, and they lifelighted him to Des Moines. It was maybe 12 hours later, they said it would be 24 before he, we knew anything. And in the middle of my, the night, my son was sitting with him, and um, they came up and got us and took us back to the room and said, he's coming around. And the doctor had been in and said, if he comes out of this, we do not know how he will be. Could be brain damage, could be a lot of things. He started talking to us. And they asked if he knew, he, yeah, he knew where he was. He knew, knew us, knew, could see no signs right away of any damage, so I knew God answered prayers for though I praying. I could feel the prayers that were being said for us. Yeah. How did how did you see God in the midst of what happened from from there? Well, I saw God that we if we had been in the country, He would not be here now. We were told that um, the gal who was with rescue was extremely good, and she received an award for how fast she acted and knowing what to do. I. When we got to Des Moines, uh, we knew people from Celebrate were praying for us because Judd was at uh, the hospital in Bruce and you were on your way in but didn't make it in time because the lifelight took him away. But I, I would never have imagined before that I could go through something like that so calmly. But I knew prayers were being answered and where people were praying for us. I just knew that somehow God laid his hand and said it'll be okay. So after all of that, then a year or two ago, what, what came your way? Well, his voice started uh, getting like he had a cold really bad and kind of, you know, kind of suspected laryngitis. So we went to the doctor and he said, yeah, allergies are starting, you know, could be several different things. We saw a lung specialist, we had a scan done, we saw an ENT, three, three specialists in a day was unheard of, which moved everything up very quickly, and within days we knew that it was in the lung bad. Well, from there, we notified the church right away, and we had people starting to pray, and so they would try chemo. And it's small cell carcinoma in the left lung, and a very large tumor. People started praying, and the doctor was just amazed when they took the CAT scan that it was 70 to 80% smaller. Mm -hmm. So then they decided that also to add radiation then, because that would possibly take care of anything else that might start. Well, the other thing I said to the doctor every time we had a scan, the first thing I'd ask him is, is my voice coming back? He said, no, I'm afraid not. Kept praying about it, and uh, then he, he thought I was doing pretty good, you know, for my age and stuff. And I tell you, I give the credit to God. Mm. He's the one bringing me through this. Mm -hmm. I know know what the future is, but I know now that uh, that it, it was His help mm -hmm. with prayers. And so. Yeah. So, out of all those, I don't know. You might have done the prayer gathering for 10, 15 years you guys were probably showing up for the prayer gatherings did you see God answer prayers like once or twice in those years or on a regular basis what 
almost weekly. We saw prayers being answered from some way or another, maybe not always the way we wanted, but in the roundabout way, it was God's way instead of ours. Carol, do you remember when you didn't have healing in your hand? Mm -hmm. And we did the prayer at the Monday Thursday service, and you wrote mm -hmm. out something, and you put it down, and then what happened? They left. The, the numbness the, left. The numbness left. Yes, it did. I it, know God's work. Yeah. Do you think that things like that helped your confidence when you had to face oh, yeah. what yes. you had to face in the last yes. year? Another thing about the prayer gathering too, when you mention something about a doctor appointment or sickness or something, you know they was praying. You just had the feeling. You know you go to have prayers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so last month you came and you said you wanted to to thank the church. I just want to give you this chance. What do you want to say to, to the people of Celebrate and the people who are praying? We prayed for the timber shrink, and it did. We prayed that the chemo would not make me sick, and I was never sick. We prayed for voice return, as doctor said it probably would not, but it did. Doctor was amazed at my age, how well I had done. I told him I give God all the credit. And he agreed. I don't know how to thank to my family and church family for helping me get where I am today. Thank you for your prayers and praise God for answering them. Amen. Thank you for your prayers. And I praise God for answering them. I want to thank Harold and Marilyn. We we spent a while with them and Jenny Koenig who videoed and recorded and edited the video. We were talking this morning about how difficult it was to come up with something for just five minutes because there were so many things that they shared with us. And one of the things that Marilyn repeated multiple times was we, we want to make sure we, this, we aren't something special. We didn't, you know, God answered prayers in a certain way, but um, we, don't, we don't know why. And we could have used different clips that would have been appropriate to make a video for last week's message. Remember, last week's message, James, James died. Are we ready to live for the Lord, whatever it takes? And, and Harold and Marilyn say, we don't know what will come, but we trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. And there's a passage that often read in funerals from Romans chapter 14. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And in this story that we're going through, there is that we are the Lord's and we trust him. In Marilyn and Harold's story, there is this we are the Lord's and we trust him. But also in this story is this, the church was earnestly praying and God moved in an incredible way. And in Harold and Marilyn's story, there was the church was earnestly praying for them, and God moved in all sorts of ways. I mean, from the first episode that happened where he wasn't sure if he would come out and would he remember anything, and, what, and he came all the way out of it, to the, um, to the, to the fact that he, when he had cancer, would he... Would, the, would they get enough of the cancer? Would his voice come back? All these things happen. And even just the, 
Do they have, in the midst of COVID, when they're isolated, when people can't help as much as they normally do, will, do they have enough to make it through? How could they stay calm in the midst of all of this? And here's what I want to talk about just briefly. Harold and Marilyn, and I see Joel and Paula, and I see Henry Bensink, I see there's a group of people who were part of the prayer gathering, and we were talking about that a little bit. So the prayer gathering would meet before the, the worship services on Sunday. And they would pray for a half hour. They would find out what's going on in the church. What are the needs? Who who's, who's needs prayer? And we would go over that, and we would pray for what was going to happen this day in the services, in the children's ministry, youth ministry, and for what's happening in the body. The group, when we went to two services, got smaller. I'm, I'm listing about half of what the group Judd, and there was, but the, the group got smaller when we went to two services. But they prayed and kept on praying. And here's what I learned from being part of, part of this group and why I wanted to bring it up uh, in Harold Maryland's story is I learned that when we prayed, oftentimes things made a difference. I lost track of how many times they said, the doctor said, we've never seen that before. Or it was this case scenario, this was best case scenario, and what turned out was even better. That happened over and over again. But we also had the person died. The marriage ended. The, difficult, the difficulty things, and, it, and to learn to see God in, that, in both. To learn to see how God was still present and God was still moving in both. Because a group of people prayed continually, weekly, and they didn't just pray and move on. They prayed and the reports were brought back, good or bad. Just the honest reports were brought back and faith increases in the midst of that. And so two faithful prayer warriors of our church, Harold and Marilyn, who loved and cared and tears shed praying for others, had their faith prepared and strengthened in the midst of when they were going to walk through these difficult things. And they had confidence that prayer made a difference and they could trust God when they had to walk through these difficult things. So with that... One of the questions that we talked about as staff this week is, well, how do we pray earnestly today as a church? The church prayed earnestly. And we've got ways that we can pray continually and earnestly. Um, you know, Wednesday nights, Mondays, we, we, we've got ways we're going to keep, use the prayer room. We've got ways. But what about just now in these last 20 minutes of this service? How can we pray earnestly? And Judd had this idea, and, and the rest of us thought it was brilliant. So, I'm going to give you part of the idea right now. Here's what we're going to do in a moment. There's, there's paper and pens around. We want everyone to write down a way they want to be prayed for. What's a way you need God to show up now? Now, just so you, you know, maybe a few of those we're going to have read up front and someone pray for them right up front, right from up front. But all of them are going to get prayed for in one way or the other, but we want you to write it. So don't, you don't write your name, don't write, you know, review, you know, be as specific as you can, but recognize that it, you know, it could be shared. So be as specific as you can. Now here's the thing. Default for many of us is to ask for prayer is the first thing that comes to mind is this person, someone else, how we want a prayer for someone else. And that may be what it is, but can I ask you just to reflect on, like, 
How do you want to ask God to show up for you? Maybe it's some way that, that you're in bondage. There's pornography, there's, there's drinking too much alcohol, eating. There's, there's all kinds of our addictions. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a relational thing. Maybe there's a financial thing. Maybe, but how is it specifically that you want God to show up for you? And in a couple sentences, write it down. So I'm going to tell, and then, after you've written it down, I'm going to have Matt come up now. Matt's going to kind of play and sing, so we'll have a little reflection time. We'll put them up in these baskets. If it doesn't fit in the baskets, on the tables around here, around them. And I'll give the next instructions in a little bit. But I want to tell two quick stories first. One, actually, no, I'm just going to tell, tell one story. From, and Harold alluded to it in there, we had a Monday Thursday night where we had, I, I think I'm remembering it right, where there were chains uh, in the backdrop, and it was a Monday Thursday about freedom, paper chains, and people had these chains, and they could take a link of it, write down where they want freedom, and put it down. Harold had been experiencing numbness for months and months in his hand, and the doctors could not, it's just not going to come back. And it was really made life difficult for him. And on that Monday, Thursday, he wrote on the piece of paper, you know, I can't remember exact words, but basically about the numbness on his hands. And I think he, I know he slammed it down. When he was supposed to put up front, he just slammed it down. And the numbness went away. Sometimes God responds to the prayers. I think this morning is going to be, that's going to happen. Some of us, things are gonna, we're going to write things down. I don't know if it'll be an immediate in the day or you recognize it in the days or weeks to come, but we write things down, the church earnestly prays, and God responds. And we don't expect it. That must be an angel. Must be, I, don't, I don't think it's really him. But I think it's going to happen today. So, for these moments, just take a moment. Maybe it's something you've been praying for over and over again. Or maybe what God brings to mind is something else that wasn't even on your radar screen coming in this morning. We'll just take a minute or two. And then I would encourage everyone here, write down your prayer. Bring it to the front. Go back to your seat. And we're going to pray after that. So let's take a, a couple moments now.
So now, if you haven't um, brought yours up, you can bring it up towards the front end of this, but I hope some of you wore your Fitbits because you get more credit for steps today than you would in a normal church service. What I'd like you to do is come forward and go to a different table, different basket than what you put yours in and pull one out. And then we're going to take a few minutes where you just pray for whatever someone asks prayer for on their card. Feel free to come come and grab one. As you go back, just just take a few minutes now. Just start praying. Just start praying. If there's ones left behind, the worship team, the staff will make sure they get prayed for after the service. But we want everybody to be prayed for today.
we're going to keep praying. We've got a few more time to keep praying, but I want to do one more aspect of prayer. And that's that I just want, I want four or five of you to come read what's on your card and then pray it. Pray for the person. It is something to hear someone pray for you. It's something to hear someone and let the rest of the church agree with the prayers being prayed. And so I have not warned anyone. Peace, peace. Teresa, could you come up? And Marty, could you come up? And Kayla, could you come up? Ezra, can you come up? Might be one more. John. Yeah. Can you come up? Yeah, oh, you guys want to pray down there? That's fine. Don't want to come on the big stage. I think that'll be fine. I just want each of you, doesn't have to be long, but just read, read what's on the card, and then say, offer a prayer. Yes. My wife said that I pray a lot. I'm just myself. Being selfish, um, I found this certain this prayer request uh, strengthening, I guess. The request itself is to be uh, to be able to preach, and um, I find that pretty interesting. So, Lord, I just ask right now for a boldness, for strength, for your guidance in your hand, for wisdom, and your presence. And we pray specifically all these things in Jesus' name. says, I pray for freedom from comparison, to see myself, my family, the way that God does. Lord, I just pray that you just shine a light to show them just the pure joy and the love of their family. God, I just ask that you show them that you are there in every smile and every laugh in every tear, and you are there in the uniqueness of their family. God, I pray that you just are there to remind them that every comparison thought that they have, that you whip back with a response of how unique and loved their family is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This one says, heal my heart. Lord, I pray that you'd be with this person. You know exactly what they need to hear. Pray that you'd be with them and their family, that you would take this away from them, that you would replace all the struggle and the pain and the suffering, and you'd just fill them up with overwhelming amounts of joy, that they could just go knowing you have them held, and that they would be able to just bless other people after you bless them by healing them from their sins. Mine says, I pray for COVID to end and people who are sick to get better. I pray for my allergies to go away very soon. 
Dear Lord, please be with those suffering allergies. Let them go out into your nature and enjoy it and spread joyful news about what you have done in nature. And for all of us, let those suffering with their allergies, let them dissipate and be gone. If it's allergies with food or whatever else, please bring them to health. Show them your healing power and surround them with your love. In Jesus' name. This was says, help me to put God first in my life, take away some of the busy things that takes my time away from him. Lord Jesus in heaven, we, we know that, that Satan's going to throw up roadblocks in our way. We label them as busy things to keep us from you, to keep us from your calling. Lord God in heaven, I ask that you take these roadblocks away. Take these busy things out. Let us see the busy things that are blocking us from doing your will and your good work, Lord Jesus in heaven. So we can truly focus on you. Amen. 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 So we're going to move into our closing songs and... This can be a time where you can continue to pray. You can worship or you can continue to pray or weave back and forth between both. But as we move into it, let me just say, we acknowledge that our prayers go up in weakness, God, but that you answer them with strength. And so would you do more than we think possible? Would you remind us and show us when you have answered the prayers that we've written down? And if you want us to keep praying, for the things on, on our list throughout the day or even into this week, would you keep bringing that to mind too? Until in the fullness of prayer, you would release the fullness of the answers. Set us free, Lord, in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>